It is easy to make new resolutions, but it's not so easy to stay with it. Let's be honest, it disappears very quickly when the storms come. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. When we worship Him, something happens in the spiritual realm. As when you stand here, and there is many examples of that in the Word, that when you worship, go read the story of uh, Jehoshaphat that put the worship team in the front, okay? And when they worshiped, God was fighting their battles for them. Some of you are in here today, you came in here with troubles, you worshiped Him, we bow down before Him, you get in your car, you get home, and the battle is won. It is the, that is the power of our Savior. That is the power of worship. No, let me not start the preach on that. Okay, so who can tell me what is our word for the year? Who can remember? Fruit. Who was here last Sunday? Okay, seven. For the other 85 or 185, I just want to say the word is fruit for the year. Okay? So Heinz spoke on be fruitful, and he was trying to be clever and multiply, and he put that little X there, okay? Be fruitful and multiply. And then last week, he spoke on positioned to produce. Now, if you haven't seen that, guys, please go to our YouTube channels, go listen to the podcast, not because we need your views, but it is incredibly, um, it's incredible good food to put inside, spiritual food um, to listen to. How do I position myself to produce? Okay, and today I want to speak on no fear for the year. Say to the guy next to you, no fear for the year. (laughs) And all the introverts just went under their seats. Okay, the Bible says that when we proclaim with our mouths, something happens. So let's say no fear for the year. So who believes the following, that God is Yahweh, I am who I am, the Lord? Who believes that He is El Shaddai, God Almighty? Who believes He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide? Who believes He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals? Who believes that? Okay. Guys, I'm sorry, if you need to put this down for the ears here, you can do that, but um, uh, this is just the start. I just want to say that. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Isaiah 41, 10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Matthew 6 34 says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Isaiah 40 says, do you not know? Have you not heard the Lord is everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired. He will not grow weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives the strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we what? Don't give up. Don't give up. No fear for this year. Yeah, I heard a hoo-ha there. 
do you give me permission to be honest with you today? Now, all the men that has ever been to our men's conferences did not say yes, because you don't know what you just agreed to. But I want to be honest. I want us to take off our Sunday masks and just sit here and have an honest conversation. How many of you ended 2023 as strong as an ox? <laughs> Rudolph, I see that hand. We need to speak afterwards how you've done that. Who of you currently is looking at 2024 and you already feeling a bit anxious and fearful looking at the economy and whatever is happening? The rest of you haven't been back at work yet. I can see that. And as the year grow, we will see that this anxiety and this fear will grow. You see, we make New Year resolutions, going to the gym, um, moving closer to God. This year is the year where I'm going to fear less. I'm going to not be anxious. I'm going to stand on Matthew 26. And then the year starts and we back the first week at work. And suddenly that anxiousness goes and all the resolutions go out the door. They actually disappear before the first week is even over. Am I preaching to myself? It is easy to make new resolutions, but it's not so easy, Johan, to stay with them. Let's be honest. Like I say, it disappears very quickly when the storms come. And then you remember the scripture where the Lord says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Don't be anxious about anything. And suddenly we're getting anxious because we're feeling anxious. And the Bible is saying, don't be anxious. And now I'm more anxious because how can I be anxious? Am I even Christian? And it escalates quickly before we even know it. Anyone feel like that? But yet, when we said Jehovah Jireh, when we said um, um, Jehovah Nissi, when we call these names, when I read all those scriptures, it was a trap, by the way, and I read all those scriptures, we all went, Amen, Amen, Amen. But yet, we get to work, and suddenly, we are anxious, and we fear. But I've just read many messages, Hunger, that said, don't fear. So we need to keep quiet and go, but what is the problem? Why am I fearful? We run our businesses. We put um, school, uh, kids through school. We've got some difficult staff. Luckily, none of us have got any difficult um, spouses, so no, that we don't have to worry about. And as I made this joke, my watch said... <laughs> Stress levels must come down. Oh, my, my wife's out. Okay. Um, on the mental health well-being scale, South Africa scored the lowest with 28 out of 100 of being mentally healthy. A large portion of South Africa is walking around with some severe anxiety and fear. And since the pandemic, that um, level of 28 out of 100 has actually gone lower and fear increased. But yet, when I read the scriptures, we go, yeah. In South Africa, 80% of, of South Africa say that they are Christian. Let's say that that stat is true just for today. It means that 80% of South Africa say, yeah, the scriptures is yes and amen. But our mental health is only 28 out of 100. I'm trying to sketch something so you can see the divide between what the Bible says it's supposed to be and where we are at truly, honestly, if we are honest with one another. I'm not here today so that you can go, yeah, 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 and go home and feel great for a day and tomorrow there's a problem and I didn't give you the tools to handle that. Would anyone like that tools? Amen. Fear not is the most repeated command in the Bible. Did my ears just go open or did I go louder? Okay. Fear not is the most repeated command in the Bible. In fact, it's been said that there are 365 fear nots in the Bible. One for each day. 
If you believe Lloyd Ogilvy in facing the future without fear, he said there is 366 fear knots in some of the translations. One for every year, even if it's a skrikkel jaar. What is that? A frightening year. A leap year. Is this a leap year? Yeah. Hey, so we've got one extra. Woo! Okay. So for, for every frightful year, we've got one. He doesn't leave you one day without a fear not. Don't be anxious for every day of the week. Again, I ask the question, then why do we fear and why are we anxious? That's the question you need to ask yourself every day. Twenty twenty three was a very difficult year for me. For, um, in our business, it was tough. Emotionally, it was a very tough year for me. A lot of things has happened um, in our group, and it was really tough for me to look at twenty twenty four and go, "Oh yeah, I will not be anxious." But you know what? On that day that I decided to look at my goals for twenty twenty four. In the car, I can still remember driving with my wife, and I'm saying, hey, what, are you, what is it that you want to do? And this is what I'm going to do spiritually. This is what I want to do. I had to make a decision, Yaku, or I'm going to believe what the Word says, or I'm going to believe what the enemy says is going to happen. And that each one of you have to do today. Make a decision, that way or that way. But I'm going to tell you something, that it will not be easy it will be difficult, but I'm going to equip you with those tools. And today I'm going to divide my sermon in two areas. One, what is the problem with fear? What does it do to our lives? And secondly, five B statements to help you to steer clear from fear. Five B statements to say, how do I steer clear from fear? Anyone going to be there? Can I take this off? Is that okay? Okay. That was my wife. Okay. Let's pray. Father, as I start your word, I'm going to ask that it will not be me that speak, but Father, that you will anoint my tongue, that you will anoint um, everything that's in me, the spirit that you will rise up and that you will use me as an instrument, that every word that will come from my mouth will be biblically based and it will change lives, that it will be on good soil, Father God. I pray that you will just use me as an instrument. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, just to validate what I was saying earlier, in 2023, let me, let, me, let me start with this. Imagine you've got a business. Now, Yaku, I'm picking on you because you're sitting in the front, but he's got an irrigation wholesale business. Imagine that you have got all these clients and you are giving them all the irrigation. For eight months to nine months in a year, uh, of the year, you are just giving them on consignment stock. They have to pay you in October, November, December. Come October, November, December, they do not pay you. Do you have a problem? Because you've paid staff, you had overage, you had expenses. That is exactly where we are finding ourselves, my wife and myself, in our business. We do Israel tours. So we have planned for eight months. We have done all the work. Um, we pay the air tickets. We pay the hotel rooms. And then we get people to join us on these tours. And then what happens? There's a war in Israel. And we have to cancel six of our tours. And that is the profit to pay for salaries and expenses and everything that's already happened. Who agrees that that is a big problem? So we had to come to a point where we go, okay, are we going to fearfully look at 2024 and how is this going to happen? Or am I going to stand on the word and say, God, you are the king of kings and I know that all the cattle on all the hills belong to you and I know you'll come through for me. I had to make that decision. And I'm standing here today speaking to you to say that we have done that and it works. Let, let, me, let, me, let me just go a bit off script. Okay, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to be quick and somebody just look at the time and, and just wave me if I go over time. Where's Cindy? Um, 
I'm just asking so I don't see you. Okay, so let me go this way. Okay, and I'm just joking. All right, so, so we had to make a decision, but I'm going to tell you this. In this difficult time, okay, do you know what's the first thing, Johan, that we did? We gave more than what we gave before. We brought more to the storeroom than what the Bible says we should take. We were giving into, into people's ministries more than what we did before. When there was any need, we gave. Remember, there's nothing, but we give, and we give, and we give, because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, and we brought into this storehouse, and we said, God, we don't want to know, the right hand must not know what the left hand is doing, so I won't tell you what we gave to, but we gave, and you know what happened? Hey, guys, are you ready for this? Um, my wife's accountant comes to her, and she says, uh, Jackie, I just want to tell you, um, we've got a small profit for the year. Sorry, you need, to, you need to hear this because I can hear that you did not get this. We canceled our business. Yaku, your people didn't pay you, yet you look at the bank account, you do your recons, and you go, mm, there's a small profit here. That is only God. You can never outgive God. If you bring your first fruits into the house, if you sow into the kingdom, there is a principle that says, I will come through for you every single time. Does he not say, is that not the one promise in the Bible where he says, test me in this? But we don't like to you. Oh my word, can you believe it? He's not even the pastor and he's speaking about money in the church. Well, this is what you are fearful and anxious about most of the time. So maybe the church should come and say, this is how it works when it comes to your finances. And we need to listen to these principles. And we need to apply it, not just hear it, not just write it down and think it's great, but we need to apply it into our lives. And you know what? You can come here and you can ask me what are the amounts that we've given and what has happened. You can go to my wife afterwards and ask her and see if the stories align because they will. You can never outgive God. Okay, let me get back to my preach. Where am I? Okay. To eliminate fear, you need to understand what fear is. And this is what the diary uh, the, <laughs> not the diary. This is what this what the book said. An unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness. <laughs> caused by anticipation or only awareness of danger. <laughs> I like that. Awareness. Only awareness. Okay. Suddenly with the awareness of danger, all these virus specialists come onto the social platforms and tell you exactly what's going to happen to you in the future. Okay. When there's a war, suddenly all these political journalists... Um, it's a little bit of sarcasm. And these political journalists that knows everything about war comes onto your social media and they write a comment. And then you go, oh, oh my word, I can't believe that this is happening. Oh my word, I can't believe that this is happening. So that is only because they have a awareness of danger. They don't even know what's going on. So what is the Hebrew definition of fear? In Hebrew, the word for fear is um, yerah. The Hebrew word translates into one, awe. So that is the fear of God. The reverence, the awe of God. The worship, the respect of God. But today I'm going to focus on the other one that translates yerah as trembling or quiver or fear. That is the one that I'm going to focus on today. Now, there's two ways to respond to fear. And this is an acronym. Fear, forget everything and run. Or fear, face everything and rise. Every time that you stand um, in a situation, you are going to forget everything, forget what the Word says, forget what God says you are, and you're going to run away. Or the other one that you're going to do is fear, face everything, and rise. I know who I am in Christ. I know what He said is I'm going to do. I know that He said I'm going to go over. I know that He says I'm going to rise, and I am going to stand on that. Those are the two things that's going to happen every time that you see fear in your life. The thing is that you, Dirk, have to choose which one of the two you're going to do. 
So what is the problem with fear? What is the problem with fear? And I'm going to try to illustrate it to you in this way. Who has ever rented a car? Okay? So they say a rental car is the best four by four. I'm just joking. I've never tried it in Mozambique. Um, rental car. So when you get into a rental, I've also learned in my life that when I rent a car from somewhere, I'd rather do it myself. Okay? I've left it to my um, wife. Is my wife here? No, she's not. Oh, she's not back yet. Okay. Um, oh, she's here. Okay. So my wife's very good with renting a car. Sweating now. So when you rent a car in, uh, we went to Durban the other day, okay? And I go, babe, did you get the car? Yeah. Do you think the car will work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked good. It looked, it looked cute. <laughs> Those words is not great when it comes to a rental car, okay? Because my wife doesn't travel light. So I get there and I'm trying to fit the suitcases into this little Picanto that she got us anyway. And you get into this car. The other day we, we had the baby with us. We had the baby with us and all the prams and everything and we flew to Durban and I said, did you get the car? Yo, don't worry, it's sorted out. She says, no, 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 it's an SUV. And the guy pulls up and I go, um, this is not an SUV, okay? I can see over the roof. Anyway, so we get into this little car and we get onto the highway. Now, I don't know about you, but every time that you drive, and just stay with me, every time that you drive a rental car and you put foot in the hook and you're in fifth gear, it feels that there should be a sixth gear. It seems like that engine um, is going to climb out. Have you ever experienced that? It doesn't matter how you are praying for a downhill so you can pass the truck that is in front of you, okay? Have you ever experienced that? It is because that rental car is governed. Have you ever heard of the term? It's governed. It's got a little governor in there. And what that governor does is, it actually um, governs the car that it can't go over a certain speed. Because they know it's not your car, you're going to drive seven sort of nonsense idea car okay? So they, they limit it so you can't go too quick. That is exactly what fear will do to you if you let it in you. You will have no speed to overtake. You will have no power to go past. You'll always be anxious. You'll put foot in the hook, but it will not work because fear works like a govern that slows down the progress of this car. Do you get it? So when I speak today, you need to ask yourself, am, am I, as a vehicle of God, governed or slowed down by this Fear or not? And I hope that that stays with you so that you can, you can remember that. So the first problem I've got with fear is fear eliminate the potential of the Holy Spirit and progression in your life. <laughs> so let me just say this, just side note. When I prepare, they want all the scriptures and I give it to them. And as I prepare the night before, God says, no, Harvey, that's not what I said. This is what I said. Okay, so sometimes I will not align there, but, but I'll tell you what to say. So first, fear eliminate the potential of the Holy Spirit and progression in your life. Exodus 4.1 said, Moses answered, what if? What if? And he's speaking to God. They do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you. When we have fear in our lives, the what ifs set in. But God, what if it doesn't work out? What if I bring my tithe and it doesn't work? It's all I have. What if there's not enough? What if my wife doesn't change? What if my husband doesn't do this? What if my children? What if we get sick? What if? And fear creeps into your life because of the what-ifs in your life. Fear eliminates the potential of the Holy Spirit and progression in your life. And Moses says, what if? And God says, what is in your hand? And he uses a staff in his hand to convince. God will come through to you. Don't worry about the what if. He will say, hey man, what's in your hand? So the first thing is fear will eliminate the potential of the Holy Spirit and the progression in your life. 
The second thing that fear will do is, and this is the problem with fear, is it will prevent us from experiencing rest. Leviticus 26.6 says, I will grant peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. I will grant peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. I will remove wild beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through your country. The problem with fear is it prevents us from experiencing these kinds of promises. Isn't that a nice promise, Ari, for your life? If I say this is what a promise is for your life, but yet we don't feel that way. And don't worry, it's getting better. I'm going to tell you how to, to get there. I'm just trying to make you see that we all need to listen what to do. So it will prevent us from experiencing rest. The third thing, the problem with fear is, fear nurtures frantic thinking and action. <laughs> I wanted to say something, but let's leave that. 1 Samuel 28, 5 says, actually 4, 5, 6, 7 says, the Philistines assembled and came and set up camp <clears throat> while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa. When Saul saw the problem, when Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. So he's looking at his problem and Saul's going, oh my word, I can't do this. He's anxious. What must I do? Remember, he's got all the promises. He's seen God's hand and he goes, I can't do this. And then it says, Saul said to his attendants, find me a woman who is a medium, so I might go inquire of her. This is a man of God. And he goes, oh, I'm so filled with fear. I'm not hearing God's voice. I don't know what to do. And he starts becoming frantic. And you know what he does? He makes the wrong decisions. He goes, oh, no, no, go get me a medium so I can ask the, 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 the demons. And actually, he calls up Samuel. So, what must I do? Fear will cause you to become frantic. When you're frantic, there's no rest. When there's no rest, you don't hear the voice of God. When you don't hear the voice of God, you cannot progress. When you don't progress, you die spiritually. Do you see how cunning the enemy is? Because of fear, we start doing things that is out of character with the Word of God. I want to say to you today, if you find yourself discouraged, if you felt like you want to give up because of fear, if you are not dead, you are not done. If you are not dead, you are not done. Paul, if you are not dead, you are not done. And it's not because of how great we are, it's because of how great he is. And I'm going to give you now, so if you've slept up to now, I've left you, Pierre, I saw you sleeping. You come on your bril opposite. Rudolph. Okay. If you have slept up to now, I'm asking you to wake up now. And if you've got a phone, please make notes because this is five tools, only tools. I'm not saying this is the yes and the amen. Maybe it is because it's God's word. But I'm going to give you five things, five B statements from our lives that helped so that you can steer away from fear. You see, fear not is not a suggestion or a good idea. It's a command. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. Not, listen, if you feel like it and you wake up and you feel, Tanya, like you don't want to fear, nah, maybe you shouldn't. No. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That's in Isaiah 41.10. So how do I steer clear from fear? Are you still with me? Fantastic. Fantastic. 
The first thing you need to do is be a branch. <laughs> so B statements, B-E. Be a branch. What do you John 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Your hand is better. You have to go. It's better. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. What does he do with the, with the, with the branches that doesn't bear fruit? Did I make it up or is it in your Bible? Don't judge me, Harvey. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. I read that two days ago. I said, God, but that's not fair. That's a lose-lose. <laughs> okay? If we don't have fruit, we get chucked out. If we do have fruit, we're going to get pruned. Okay? And pruning is not nice. But he says, he goes on and he says, so that it will be even more fruitful. Verse 4, remain in me. Say, remain in me. As I always remain in you. Now, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. Who is the vine? He's the vine. You are the branch. Hey, Harvey, why are you saying it like that? Because sometimes we act like we are the vine and he is the branch. God, I will tell you what fruit I want to bear. Have you ever walked past a drever priel? What is that? A, a, a grapevine. Have you ever walked past a grapevine and said, delicious lemons? <laughs> if you have, please tell me we're going to make a lot of money. Because the branch cannot decide what fruit it will bear. It is in the vine. But we forget it. We have become arrogant enough to think, Sean, that we are the vine and not the branch. You are a branch. Some of us are bigger branches than others. Some of you are mere sticks. But it's okay. I'm on my way to being a stick. <laughs> if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. How do you show that you are a disciple? By bearing fruit. What is our word for the year? Fruit. The key action here is to remain. It is translated in different ways. To stay, to abide, to live, or to live in union with the vine. The problem we see today is that we think that we are the vine and he is the branch. He says that if you are in me, you will bear my fruit. What is his fruit? Galatians 5, 22-23. I think because, uh, Johan, I think because Galatians 5, 19 comes before 22, people think 19 is the fruit, but we'll get to that now. Okay. 22 says, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. When you are in the vine, you cannot help but produce that fruit. You cannot suddenly have other fruit and say, hmm, then you are not in the vine, and when you're not in the vine, what will happen? Guys, listen to me. When you are in the vine and you are only a branch, you cannot have the fruit of Galatians 5.19 on your branch. Sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Now, Harvey, but you don't know, man. I, I, I'm a man. I, I, I get angry and then there's a fit of... But it's okay. 
Just know I'm gentle again. My family knows. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. The Bible says in the end days, we will be full of ourselves. Envy. Drunkenness. Oh, no, no, Harvey. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's say you know. Drunkenness. If you are in the vine, more, if you are in the vine and you are a branch, you cannot have the fruit of drunkenness hung, hanging from you. Can I have an amen? Because it's so difficult. But Harvey, that's my one thing. That's my one thing. Don't judge me. That's my one thing. If you show the fruit of drunkenness, the Bible says it is not the fruit of the Spirit. And if you do not have the fruit of the Spirit, you will be cut off and you will be thrown in the fire. But you see, we have gone soft on the church. We have gone soft on our brothers. We have gone soft on our friends. We want to hear what we want to hear. And the Bible says, if you've got any of this, you are not in me. The only way, Chavi, that I know that you are my disciple is by your Except that one. This is what Jesus says. He says, uh, this is what the um, writer says. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But you see, we tolerate sin and it becomes acceptance. Jesus says, by their fruit, you will know them. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. Matthew 7, 16, 20. You cannot have bad fruit and then say, get rid of fear. Fear will creep in when you have bad fruit. Amen? You see, here's the problem. We have become, we see this problem, but we have become too lazy to change it. We need to change it. Okay, let's carry on. So the first thing is, be a branch, bro. It's by young men, so I can not probeer on bigger, younger to mock. The second thing is, be bold in prayer and seek his face. Hebrews 4, 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. You see, our highest calling is to grow in our knowledge of Christ and then to make Him known to the nations. That is what we need to do. We have to enter into the throne room, get to know him and then when we get to know him it's not so that we can be elevated and we can feel better but it's because we have to go into a world full of darkness and a world that is going that is lost for Christ and say I know what is the answer there was a great commission to say go out it wasn't the great suggestion it is the great commission then go out and go tell the world. And the only way we can do that is by being bold in prayer and seek His face. Listen to this. The noise of the modern world makes us deaf to the voice of God. Let me say that again. The noise of the modern world makes us deaf for the voice of God. Our phones have become such a big distraction that we don't even hear the voice of God anymore. Microsoft did a survey and 77% of young adults answered yes when they were asked, if nothing is occupying your attention, do you reach for your phone? And they said yes. 77% of them. Someone else said that we are distracting ourselves into a spiritual oblivion. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by? Faith comes by hearing. Faith is the opposite of fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. It cannot go inside. You believe in something or you believe in something. Fear is believing in a negative. Faith is believing in God's promises. So when it says that faith comes by 
hearing, it means that fear also come by hearing. Hearing the wrong stuff. Focusing on the wrong stuff. Focusing on opening um, uh, Facebook or Instagram, all these things, and reading comments that is not of here. Tanya, I shall Facebook comment terugbring as you ook blij. Beloven. Lief je. Okay. So fear comes by hearing. And then that festers, and then that grows, and then it becomes something. And before you know it, you go, oh, why am I so anxious? I don't know, why am I so anxious? Because you're opening your mind to the wrong things. You're listening to the wrong things. You're binge-watching Netflix on telling you how bad the meat is that you eat. Or the sugar that you put in your coffee. Or, and you go, oh my word, Francis, you need to hear this. And we're not speaking word. I'm not busy building your faith because I am so full with what I've heard on the internet that I can't help but speak this. And it boils over and boils over and boils over. And we go, why am I anxious all the time? Does it make sense? But you see, we hear, but we're too lazy to change it. Be bold in prayer and seek his face. You see, the world is teaching me that little 15 to 20 or to 30 minutes in my car on the way to work is enough time to spend with him so that I can enter into his presence while um, my hand is on the steering wheel. I can't um, close my eyes because I need to use my right hand to show the taxi what I exactly think of him when he came to a form I come it. And I need the other hand so that I can vex the children on the back seat that is not listening. And then my right Radar is not working. You all got radar? That's your wife saying radar, 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 okay? But no, 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 no. I'm 30 minutes in my car. I'm worshiping God. And I say, God, this is my measly 30, 30 minutes I'm giving you. I'm not prepared to come home and tell my family, hey guys, I need 30 minutes in my room alone, closing the door with me and God. Let me tell you, you think that, oh, I come home, I have to go spend time with my family. That's very important, guys. You ask my sons. I sit in their room and I spend time with them and, I, and I'm, I'm prepared to learn what they learn and listen to words I don't understand. No problem. I will do that. But they know that when I go into my room and I close my door and I go on my knees and I say, God, I don't know how to do this but you know how to do this please be with my family it means more than 30 minutes sitting watching a program with them but are we prepared to do that for our families but now we feel anxious of our family we feel fear about our family and we don't understand why but we do not spend time with him alone we give him the scraps of being in our car the little devotion of 15 minutes at work when I get there. Listening, listening to him, Soli Osrovetsch or Angus Bakken, which is great people. But I'm reading just this thing and I go, okay, that's enough. Please tell me that you're getting this. I don't know, Javier. I'm full of anxiousness. I don't want to carry on. I feel suicidal. I feel I can't go on. What does your prayer life look like? I don't even know where I am. How can I build a meaningful, meaningful relationship with Him in this time? Distractions is killing your relationship with God and fear and anxiety of the busy day will creep in. Have you all read the story of Jesus going up into the mountain, uh, uh, getting baptized? And when he got baptized, the heaven opens up. And what happens? God says, this is my son. And we are You all can remember that? The next verse, Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Spirit. Go read that. He's led into the, Spirit, uh, into the wilderness by the Spirit. Who has been in Israel? Okay, it is quite a wilderness. Okay, and that is the Mount of Temptation. And he goes in there. And as he's there for 40 days fasting, the devil comes to him. And then the devil tempts him. And I have always thought, oh my word, that is typically the enemy. 
when he is at his lowest, he will come to him. But let me tell you what, he wasn't at his lowest, he was at a high. Because there was no distractions. He said, God, I'm with you alone in this time. I'm spending time with you. Give me a download. And he was stirring with the spirit inside of him. And Jesus was on an all-time high. And when the devil come to him and he says, do this, he says, it is written. When he came to him with something else, he said, it is written. And he came a third time, he said, get behind me. It is said. Because he was full of him. We have to go into our quiet place and spend time with Him. It's not a weakness. It's not your bad space. It is where you get filled so that you can take on the enemy. And fear will not have a foothold in your house. Amen? I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to Him for help will be radiant with joy. Psalm 34, 4. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray. Watch and pray and pray so that you will not fall into temptation the spirit is willing but our flesh is weak so spend time in prayer be prayerful the third B is be empowered by God's word and find refuge in his love the best way of overcoming fear is to get a word from God and then have faith in that word Faith looks at the future and believes in God. Fear looks at the past and gets remind, I get reminded of what I did wrong. It reminds me what I can't do. It reminds me my shortcomings. He is the accuser of the brethren. Faith says, I look at the future. And hey, Harvey, your future looks bright. You know why my future looks bright? Because my eye is on the prize. That is faith. Psalm 119, 9-11 says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? How can he stay there? By living according to the word. Verse 10 says, I seek you with all my heart. I do what? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands, your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Guys, I want to I wouldn't put this challenge out. Do you want to overcome fear? You want to overcome anxiety? Take the scriptures. Make it hidden in your heart. How do you do that? Habakkuk 2.2. What is it in English? Habakkuk. What is, what is Habakkuk? Huh? Habakkuk. Is it Habakkuk? Habakkuk. Huh? Habakkuk. Habakkuk. No? It says, write it down. Make it plain so that those that read it will run to it. Right? So write it down. Make sure that you write down the foundational scriptures that God gives you for your life. Make sure that you know. Put it up in your house. Put it up in your, when God gives you um, scriptures for the year, put it in your uh, cupboard. Every time you open it, you will read it. Because when you read it, it will strengthen your spirit. When it strengthens your spirit, you will run to it. When you run to it, you'll see your life will change. In, in joy, we have got um, uh, foundational scriptures that uh, my mother-in-law Erin, when she started the uh, magazine, she got these foundational scriptures. Those foundational scriptures um, is framed, it was always my office, it's now my wife's office, but it's framed there so that when we go through a tough time and we see the economy is not doing well, when we see our magazines are not um, on the shop front, when they hide it in the back because it's a Christian magazine, when all of that happens, I read those scriptures and I go, God, you gave me a promise and I will stand on those promises. That is my foundational scripture. And because you said it, I believe leave it and that settles it please go and write down foundational scriptures so that you can be stirred in your spirit amen I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb God is faithful he will not let me tempted beyond what I can bear write these things down put it up read it over your life every single day before you know it you believe it before you know it your wife believes it before you know it your children believes it before you know it they recite it at school and then there's a revival but we have to start at home be empowered by God's word and find refuge in his love. Here is what the Bible says about fear in 1 John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect law, love casts out fear. 
perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Sean, I think that we have had this scripture backwards. I did. Because how can I have perfect love? How do I love my family perfect so that there's no fear? You know what God showed me this week? He said, how have you got it wrong? When you are the branch and not the vine, and you hear from me, and you go prayerfully towards my throne, when you read the word and see my promises, write them down and make them plain so that you can run with it. When you do all of that, you move closer to me. I am the perfect love. I have given you my son because I love you so much. That's perfect love. It's not your love. You are flawed. I am perfect love. And the closer that you move to me, fear has to go. Fear has to go. I'm going to read this again so that you now understand. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Let me ask you that. Can there be fear when God's love is there? Not according to the scripture. But we have to move closer and closer to Him. Fear is the enemy of love, and love is the enemy of fear. Fear and love cannot abide in one another. They cannot even be in the same room together. You need to fight fear with faith. If the world economy says you're going down, God's word says in 2 Corinthians, um, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. If the doctor says that your medical condition is bad, the word says in 1 Peter 2, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might um, die to sin and live righteously. By his wounds, I have been healed. If the world says that there is no hope, the word says in Matthew 17, 20, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Can I have an amen? When our enemies plot against us and they say we are not going to, you are not going to make it, Harvey, remind them of the following. 2 Chronicles 20, 12 says that Jesus, uh, that says, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we have, um, do, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes is upon him and upon you and you will fight my battles. That is what the word says. For for every situation in your life, in your business, in your personal life, um, doesn't matter where, in your health, there is a promise in the Bible. And you have to make a decision, am I going to fear that or am I going to have faith on those promises? Does it make sense? Amen. When we activate our faith in God, we will move forward and fear will stay behind. Number four. Be influenced by the right people. Be influenced by the right people. If you want to get rid of fear, you need to surround yourself with God-fearing people. People that speak the word over your life and does not gossip about you. Guys, you need to surround yourself with people that get woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning and God says, hey, I need you to pray for your brother Paul. I need you to pray for him. And you start praying, and the next day, you phone and say, hey, listen, God has given me a word, man. I'm praying for you. I don't know what's going on. And normally when that happens, he goes, oh, my word, there's no way that you would have known that. <sighs> Those are the friends that you want around you. Those that will pray into your lives. Those that will carry you. Because when you do that, you will see that anxiety disappears like that. When people gossip about you, it's like witchcraft. It ensnares you. You worry about that. What have they said? What have they done? Checking my back. Get rid of that in 2024. Get a core of friends and say, I will build life with you. I will pray for you. You know, I, I was, I was um, um, lucky enough to go to America a few times um, printing books. And I met an incredible author called, uh, it's not important. You want to know? Billy Graham. And it was incredible. 
and I sit around a table. He doesn't know who I am. We only print his books in, in South Africa. I'm sitting there, and, and he leans forward, and he says, young man, he didn't know my name, I didn't care. He goes, young man, can I give you some advice? And I'm a funny guy, so I wanted to say, no, it's okay. <laughs> you won't understand my humor. So I said, yes, please. He says, young man, when you say that you're going to pray for somebody, make sure that you do. If we all do that, this will be a different world. If I say that I'm going to pray for you, I will make sure that I do. When you send me a little hand and say, hey, Harvey, please pray for me, you better know it that I stop the car and my wife and I pray for you right there. You better know it. And I surround myself with friends that do the same. So it's a pity that, that Dirk had to leave. I think they had to take their daughter somewhere. But you can ask him. When we say we pray, we pray. I have seen God pitch up suddenly when a group of friends, men, get together and they pray. A thing that has gone on for two years, suddenly within five minutes, change. Get the right friends. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals and habits. Being around the wrong people never help you to do the right thing. It says in Psalm 1.1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Listen to me, the church of Sardis, if you've never been to Turkey, please come with us to Turkey so that you can see the seven churches of Revelation and what Jesus spoke to them about. And the, there was a church called Sardis. And he said to Sardis, I've got, he, they have done all these many things that was right. He says, but I've got this against you. You have soiled your garments. You have soiled your garment. It means that they flirted with the world. And because they were, you couldn't see the difference, their white garments were soiled brown, and they couldn't see the difference between the world and them. And he says, because you try to do that, you will not inherit the kingdom. Choose the right people to be around you. Be influenced by the right people. Johan, you can from Opkom. Are you still with me? Number five. Be aware that Jesus is on your side. Matthew 14, 22 says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. So, all of you that have been to Israel, you know that you would have gone up to a mountain and then um, the Sea of Galilee will be in front of you. When you're up on that mountain, you can see exactly what is happening on the Sea of Galilee. So I believe Jesus was watching them, okay? And he says, um, and he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. You might be in your boat in this thing called life and the waves is beating against you and you feel, oh my word, what's happening? And you can feel anxiety and fear rising up against you because you're in this boat and you feel alone and this fear is rising. What will you do? Listen to what happens. And in the fourth watch of the night, now who knows what is the fourth watch of the night? The first watch was from six to nine. The second watch from nine to 12. The third one from 12 to three. And the fourth one from three in the morning a.m to six o'clock in the morning. That's when Jesus decided, <laughs> I'm going to help them. He didn't stand on the mountain and say, wind, go away. No, 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 no. In this turbulent water, in this wind, he walks on the water to them because in this storm, they had to learn a lesson, right? Of faith. Listen to this. And when they saw him, they saw it was a ghost and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and he says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Faith is not bold by the absence of a storm, but by Jesus in your boat. There will be storms, but when we put our trust in him and when we believe that he is the king, that he is the one, you know what happens? Fear has to leave. It has to leave. 
I want to tell you that if, even if the wind is against you and your boat is heavy, someone needs to hear this today, even if you feel that these waves are coming over your boat, when he comes into your life, Taryn, he says, hey, it's okay. And he will speak to the storm. But you have to choose not to fear. You have to choose to be branch and not the vine. You have to make sure that you are there in prayer. You have to make sure that you um, have scriptures in your life. You have to make sure that you surround yourself with the right people that pray with you. And you have to make sure that you know that Jesus will come through for you every single time. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church Podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.